Recently, I was watching a TV show about Lucille Ball, her life. In the show, they told how many achievements she had made as a comedian, but she also made big achievements with her husband, Desi Arnaz, as they purchased a studio and set up Desi Lou Productions. And she ran that studio after she and Desi were divorced. As I watched this, many famous people praised Lucille Ball for her achievements, and it was remarkable. Even when I tried to turn the program off, I couldn't. I kept going back to it. And then, toward the end of the program, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? And with that, I stopped watching the program. Why? Because the flesh, our own flesh, loves to praise other flesh. We are really hooked by that. Many people are even taught from the earliest part of life to praise other people. That if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. That's a fleshly saying. Paul told Timothy, avoid profane sayings. Fleshly sayings. Because there are many times you're supposed to warn the church rather than keep your mouth shut. You can't go by that. You go by one thing. What the Spirit of God in you shows you to do. In the case of this particular television program, I was shown cut it off. Just cut it off. Unknown to me at the same time, Pam Paget a member of the body of Christ, walked past my room and could tell I was watching television and she could tell what I was watching. So she went up to her room and turned on her TV and began watching it. And she watched it up to the point that it showed that Lucille Ball had met a man to marry after her divorce from Desi Arnaz. And Pam was reminded of I was the Holy Spirit reminding Pam of the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 and 11. Paul said, Let not the wife depart from her husband, but in if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And Paul said, This is a commandment of the Lord. Of course, it's for the New Testament church. We have no way of knowing of these famous people whether they are the New Testament church. But these rules are going to continue forever. This present heaven and earth will be destroyed by fire, but the word of God will continue forever. So it's very important. As we choose to go in the way that the Holy Spirit speaks to us, we walk in the Spirit.
And when we walk in the Spirit, Paul says, Ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You cannot overcome your flesh by thinking that you can make it better, by doing New Year's resolutions. You keep your flesh dead, mortified, by going in the way of God and doing what the Spirit of God shows you to do. That never fails. Every Christian is warned by the Spirit of God, just like Pam and I were warned by the Spirit of God. We have free will. We can reject the Spirit of God. And we can go in the way of the flesh. Oh, but it doesn't do any harm to watch this show. See, the devils of flesh reason with us. You're t- it's just a TV show. You're, you're not, there's no problem. Uh, there is a problem. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit would not rise up in us to show us to go an opposite way. There is a problem. Now, Pam's problem and my problem are not the same. You notice that what God said to me is, What shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? To Pam, he reminded her of the scripture which says, Let not the wife leave her husband, but in if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled with her husband. It's not that we were following the same scripture. We were following two different scriptures to the same purpose. For each of us have different needs. And the Holy Spirit of God knows just exactly what you need at this moment. I don't know what you need. He knows what you need. Now, he can speak through me to you by bringing something to my attention and by my yielding to the Holy Spirit to share that with you. And your need will be met that way. But it's not me doing it. It's God doing it through his Spirit and my yielding to him. When I make these recordings for you, I don't go by a set script. If God shows me to speak another example in the middle of what I'm speaking, I'll change and speak the other example because it's going to meet the need of somebody who is listening to this podcast. But you can depend on God one way or another. He's going to give you what you need to show you the way to go in the specific situation that you're dealing with at this exact moment in time. And when you have that way brought to your attention, it's very important to go in that way and to continue in that way. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. When something is harmful to us, 
the Holy Spirit in us will quicken us. We'll do something to show us, turn that TV off. This is not good for you. You could watch it, but it's not the best thing to do. Paul said, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are expedient to me. Some things are just don't fit the purpose of God for my life, and they will do me harm rather than good. We have to choose to walk in the Spirit, doing what the Spirit of God shows us that's appropriate to what we are encountering. In both my case and Pam's case, it was appropriate to turn that television program off, and we did turn it off. We, hadn't, we didn't know the other one was watching it. We were each being taught by the Spirit of God, me in my bedroom and her in her bedroom. And we were following God and being shown exactly the same thing by the Spirit of God. And the important thing is we went in the way of God. There are some people that fail to go in the way of God. If you turn down God enough times, sadly, you could be turned over to a reprobate mind. I know a woman who did that. She was a, on fire for things of God. Just When I met her, she was just on fire for things of God. She was with us for 39 years. Toward the end of the 39 years before she left us, I noticed something about her. Before, when I would call her on the phone and tell her something God had shown me, she was excited. Toward the end, when I would call her to tell her something God had shown me, she was dead silent showed no excitement at all, no interest at all. She had gone dead to the things of God. What happened? What caused this? Well, in each of our lives, the one thing that causes it is being consumed by things of the flesh, just like that television show, and failing to walk in the way of the Spirit. If you do that, then you will go dead to things of God. You might recover and you might not. You might be turned over by God to a reprobate mind. It says that in Romans chapter 1, that because they failed to keep God in their knowledge... He turned them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And all types of evil came into their lives. Therefore, it is a dangerous thing. This period of time we live in right now is very dangerous. It's, in my opinion, more dangerous than the period of time Paul lived in, though Paul was beaten and tortured many times by the Jews. It's dangerous to us because it doesn't seem dangerous. 
If you were in World War II, you would have been awake and alert, or you would have gotten your head blown off. We live in a time when it doesn't seem like it's dangerous. And yet, I just see danger every time I turn on the television. And I watch television. Lots of times I watch it with the sound off. Because the words of man are so destructive. And the ways of humans are so destructive. And even in the sense of a comedy, it can be so destructive concerning the way of God. And when we see that and the Holy Spirit quickens us, I think it's foolish to continue in something like that. Our soul can be at stake and we can go dead to the things of God. Matthew 24, concerning the last days, Jesus said, The love of many will wax cold in the last days because iniquity will abound. That's in Matthew 24, I believe it's verse 12. Because iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold. But he who endures to the end, the same will be saved. We do work at enduring. We make choices. Walk in the Spirit the way you're shown by God, by the Holy Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Do that thing that's appropriate to the instruction given by the Spirit. Walk away. Turn the TV off. Flee. When the Holy Spirit shows you something contrary to what's going on where you are because you are being warned by the Spirit of God. This thing is not good for you and it will bring destruction to you one way or another. So you want to flee that and go in the way of the Spirit. Now we don't make up things ahead of time saying, I will never watch this particular thing again. We can't do that. That's flesh overcoming flesh. That's like a new New Year's resolution. I know that many newscasts on television are very destructive. And there are just a great many things that I don't listen to, though I might turn the newscast on. I mute the sound because I know the story's going to cause me to hate. It's going to cause me to do something contrary to the Spirit of God. Now, why don't I just stop watching, period? I would have to have a very strong word from God to stop entirely. Only the Spirit of God can set up a rule like that for you. That's like your New Year's resolutions. But you can walk in the Spirit in the midst of living in this world. Because when you're in danger, the Spirit of God that's in you rises up to warn you one way or another so that you can flee. And there are things we can enjoy as we watch television without 
bringing damage to our soul. But when something rises up that can damage our soul, we, have, we will have the Spirit of God somehow or other reminding us and giving us a way to escape. Because God takes care of us. When a man has a pasture of sheep, often you will see a sheepdog there. That sheepdog is so interesting to watch because the sheepdog just sits there and leaves the sheep kind of alone. And the sheepdog is very quiet, but he is intently watching those sheep. And if one of those sheep starts to stray, what does that sheepdog do? He's on that sheep so fast, nipping at the heels of that sheep, getting him back with the flock. And that's the way we are. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us because the Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to show us the will of God for our life. The Holy Spirit lives in us. The body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the thing the Holy Spirit does is remind us of that which God says so that we can turn our way when we're going in a way that would be destructive. In the 1980s, I attended a church group, and I went to the Sunday school class, which was taught by a man who was a single man. He was divorced, a single man. And I found out that he had been going to bars. God gave me an instruction for this man a way of escape. I told him, I said, before you leave your apartment to go to the bar, sit down and write a teaching for me and just mail it to me. He began doing that. He did it for about five days and then he stopped doing it. But he told me that when he did that, his desire to go to the bar completely vanished as he was writing out a teaching to send to me, teaching from the Bible. He said he lost his desire to go to the bar. If he had continued on that path, I think his life would have turned out very differently. But he did not continue. He stopped doing the instruction that I had given him by the Spirit of God. He ended up committing fornication. He ended up marrying and divorcing almost immediately. I left that church group. I could no longer attend his classes because God says don't keep company with a brother in Christ when he's a fornicator. And he had admitted to me that he was committing fornication. He even told me proudly that he was, of all the men in the bar, this woman picked him out. Well, of course that builds your flesh, your ego, enormously. He was uh, probably 
50 years old by that time. And here, these young men in the bar, she was picking him. Well, your flesh, is that's too much for your flesh to endure. Paul has gave us a scripture which says, make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. I think that might be in Galatians, but you can look it up. But God had given him a way of escape. God had mercy on this man. He was our Bible teacher. And through the message that I gave to this man, he could have escaped, but he did not take the way of escape. He did not continue in the information given to him. This is an extremely serious matter, for in Hebrews chapter 10 we read, if we sin, sin willfully after the knowledge of the truth, there's no more sacrifice for our sins. Most of us, when we're born again, we didn't really know we were sinning. I didn't. Actually, I was born again by God saying to me, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. And I said, huh, sins? I thought they were mistakes. And I was born again. And I was completely changed at that time. So there are many of you that you didn't even know what you were doing was wrong until you were born again. But most of the world knows adultery and fornication are wrong because they do it in secret. Now today they're proud of it, so they boast about their conquests. And there is no shame. And that's, that tells us we're getting nearer to the return of Jesus. In the 1940s, they hid these things. They did them, but they hid them. But today, it's not that way. Today, they blatantly reveal that they're living with this person that, to whom they're not married. They blatantly reveal it. Often they have children before they have mar marry. Sometimes they never marry. It's blatant out in front of everybody. That shows us we're drawing nearer to the return of Jesus. As we draw nearer to the return of Jesus, sin abounds. And you can get to thinking, well, that's just them and that's normal. And you can be swept away. We can be swept away. You may have been in the doctrine, once saved, always saved. But I want you to read Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. We'll read it right now. Jesus says to the church, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He that overcometh, and that's exactly what we're talking about. He who follows the Spirit of God, if you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because they're opposite to each other. You can't do both. It's like turning on a light in a dark room. The minute you turn on the light, the darkness flees. They are, they are incompatible. The flesh and the spirit are incompatible. They go opposite ways. The flesh never gets better. As long as we live on this earth, 
You can, you can read the Bible constantly and your flesh will never improve. Flesh is flesh. I think earlier in this uh, podcast, a dog barked. Well, that's what dogs do. They bark. If you have an animal, you have a very good way to see flesh because they are 100% flesh. Well, we are flesh, but we are also spirit. And that means we have a choice. We have a choice in what we do. We can follow the spirit, or we can continue to do what the flesh wants. Every time we follow the spirit, we make the flesh suffer. And this is what it means in the Bible when it says, suffer suffering in the flesh. It means you chose the way of God, and your own flesh is suffering. And every time we choose the way of God, our flesh that wants to go another way suffers. But it's a great thing because we overcome by choosing to walk in the Spirit, doing what God shows us by the Spirit of God, not by the letter of the law. We didn't make out a list saying what we're not going to do. We just walk on this earth and the Spirit of God tells us. Some sins, of course, are very obvious. Fornication is never approved. Adultery is never approved. So we know those. The most recent thing the NFL has done is to put on their helmets, stop hatred. (laughs) Well, yeah, right. Try that. Because the flesh, one of the natures of man is to hate. Stop hatred. You can only stop hatred by the Spirit of God. By choosing the Spirit of God. The flesh can't do that. You can say you're going to stop hatred. That's just hilarious to think a football player has got on his helmet stop hatred when he plays football and he's going to go out there and hit that guy as hard as he possibly can. But this is so incompatible. But it does show us, doesn't it, something. You can't control the flesh by the flesh. You can over, only overcome the flesh by walking in the Spirit of God, doing what the Spirit of God shows you to do. And when you do what the Spirit of God shows you to do, you're going to be doing a good work. These people who decide they're going to set up a church and they're going to do orphanages and they're going to set up schools and they're going to take care of old people. It sounds like a good work, but unless it's authored by God, it's not a good work. It has to be the Spirit of God authoring that. If you will look at Matthew chapter 7, we'll see they're going to be turned away in the day of judgment. Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 7. He warns us starting in verse 21. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. The ones who do the will of God, those are the ones that will be accepted because they did the will of God. It's the Holy Spirit in us who searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God for our lives. 
You can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Back to Matthew seven twenty one. Jesus says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils? And in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Matthew 23, Jesus was speaking to the scribes and Pharisees who thought they were the chosen of God, the religious ones of God. And he said, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye compass land and sea to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. They weren't sent out by God to do this. You have to be sent by God to do these ministry works. You have to be called by God. You have to be sent by God. You have to be able to tell that other person exactly how God showed you to do this. Otherwise, you're just copying somebody. Well, at least for the most part. And when persecution comes for the word's sake, which it will, what happens to you then? There was a young man in um, the Philippines who contacted me. He said he was a minister. He wanted me to come and speak to the ministers in the Philippines and to the church group. And I told him I don't travel. So he took some things that I had written and he read them to their church group. The message that I'd written was the evils of calling ministers reverend. There's nothing in the Bible that tells us to call a minister reverend. Ministers in the Bible, in the New Testament Bible, are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Ephesians 4. There's no such thing as calling a minister pope, reverend, archbishop. These are things men make up. And when men make them up, they produce the pride of men. And it's evil. There's only one scripture in the Bible which speaks of the word reverend, and it is holy and reverend is God's name. It's in the Psalms, I believe. Holy and reverend is his name. But these men today want to be idols before their churches. They want to be respected of other men, so they wear collars and garments which are not set forth in the New Testament Bible. And they call themselves names like reverend. And they frequently wear crosses around their neck. They do something fleshly to identify themselves to other people who are fleshly. You don't see that description of that being done with Jesus, with Paul, with Peter. They just look like men. They identified the special thing in them 
by the word they spoke. And by that word, they could tell these weren't just men. These people were of God. But today, there's so much flesh going on, so much evil. Well, they're going to be turned away at the day of judgment. Jesus is going to say, Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I didn't send you to do that work. You might sign up at your church group to visit the sick, and that might be the worst thing you could do. Just a fleshly work. You've got to be sent by God to do something like this. All things have to be authored by God. Everything we do, we should be able to tell each other, I did this because God showed me to do it by this means. He either gave me a dream to show me. He put it in my heart to do it. He gave me a scripture. He confirmed it by many ways. These are the things that God does. Only those things will be approved. Therefore, Jesus says, many will come to me in the day of judgment, saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? There was a man that came to our house to do some extermination. He quickly identified himself as doing ministry work also. And he began telling me all of the places that he had been the previous summer to do ministry, the cities. And I stopped him and I said to him, wait a minute, just wait a minute. How did God show you to do this work? He was just stricken, dumb stricken. He stood there and he stared at me and he didn't say a word. God hadn't shown him to do this work. It was a work of his flesh. It's amazing because he even quoted to me this same scripture here, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth will of my Father which is in heaven. He quoted that scripture to me, and yet he was doing that very thing, a work that was not authored by God. Obviously, God was trying to turn him with this scripture that he had already given him, which he didn't have any idea why he had been given this scripture, or he would not have told me the things he told me. I point blank told him, God didn't author that work that you're doing that you call ministry. If he had, you could tell me how God told you to do that. And he just stood there, dumbfounded. I gave him this example. I told him, I said, God put me in a ministry. I was taken into heaven twice, merged into the body of Jesus. In the night while I slept, Then in 1980, January 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night. I was awakened by a very 
loud voice. It was like a trumpet blowing in my ear. And I had three words given to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I looked up KWJS and found it to be a radio station. I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. The Holy Spirit rose up in me to bring me a thought. Call the radio station manager. That morning, that same morning, I called the radio station manager and I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? The station manager said, make an audition tape 29 half minutes long and send it to me. And if you fit our broadcasting, we'll offer you a contract. After I hung up the phone, I got my tape recorder and my kitchen clock timer and timed it for 29 and a half minutes long and prayed and just started speaking as I was led by the Spirit of God, recording it on the audition tape. Mailed it that same day to the station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio station KWJS. Then I said to this man, now, do you think God put me on radio? And he said, yes. Can I tell you how he did it? Yes. If you can't tell me how God showed you to do something, you're in serious danger. Most people just have a desire to do something and they copy other people who do that thing for which they have a desire. Or they go to school, they go to a seminary and try to learn how to be a minister. That can be disastrous and usually is, I think. It is God who teaches each one of us. Whether you're a minister or not, you are taught by God if you belong to God. Let's look at the scripture on that one. 1 John chapter 2. Start at verse 20. John said, But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and know all things. He's talking to his, their church group. If you belong to God, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and he teaches you. And John said, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. And that's the same as this podcast. I'm talking to the church. I'm not talking to the world. I'm talking to the people who are the church. You are t you've turned this on because you're interested in things of God. And hopefully you have the Spirit of God. And if you do, you're taught by God. John says, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it. And that no lie is of the truth. And John says in verse 27, But the anointing which ye have received of him, which is the Holy Spirit, abideth in you. And ye not, need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him, in his word. You see, 
I might teach you something. I mean, I might say something. But the teacher is God. He opens your understanding. He may have even already put in your heart the thing that I'm saying, but you just don't have it yet in English. And I come along and speak it, and you say, that's it. That's correct. That's what it is. We're both taught by God. When we have the Spirit of God, we have the same Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. And He is the teacher. And of course, walking in the Spirit is paying attention to Him. And that's the exhortation I have for you. Pay attention to the Spirit of God who rises up in you to show you what to do. And walk in the Spirit. And if you do that, Paul says you won't Fulfill the lust of the flesh. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.